Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler, and my guest today is Assemblyman John McDonald. And Assemblyman McDonald is going to talk about the petition process and how it's going to be a little different this year. So, John, it, it kind of started last year um, when the number of signatures candidates had to give, get with lessened. Um, give us a little background of last year and then this year. Yeah, last year, as you know, we were just in the in the beginning of COVID, and there was a lot of uncertainty, and it's hard to remind people this, we weren't even doing testing back then of COVID. So we were really uncertain what was going to happen. So what we did is we reduced uh, significantly the number of signatures that were needed uh, for individuals to get on the ballot, um, which, you know, for those people who didn't have much of a team, really helped people get involved in the process. But the other thing we did is we also reduced the collection period. Um, I believe last year, just like this year, it'll be a three-week period where they'll be able to collect signatures. So it'll be a truncated period, reduced amount of signatures, all under the um, the idea, appropriate idea, that we want to minimize the opportunity for people to have to come in contact with each other because, as we know, um, we still have, um, you know, thankfully our positivity rate is below 4% in the capital region right now, but you never know what's going to happen. And as we're heading into a similar time last year when the rates were jumping, we want to make sure we don't contribute to that as much as possible. What I'm concerned about is the fact that the virus is mutating. Uh, can you address that issue and how it relates to the petition process? Well, the virus mutation, you know, it's it's, it's well documented. Um, we've got some cases here in the capital region, started in Saratoga about three weeks ago. Um, we do not, at this point, in New York State, knock on wood, have the South African mutation present, at least that I'm aware of. Um, but that um, that is a... The mutation, the mutated virus, actually spreads much more quicker. So that's a concern that obviously we need to be mindful of, which I think was a contributing factor to making sure that the petition process was shortened. Um, from my perspective, at least, I think some people would have preferred that the petition process be skipped, which I think is it's something we debated and discussed. But I think that gets into another situation where um, by not allowing the petition process, you basically give full control to the party leadership to handpick the candidate. And I think um, particularly when you look at, you know, fortunately this year, most of the elections are local, but you look at the city of Albany, for example. Um, right. Albany is a great, this opportunity comes up every four years. A lot of people prepare for it. I know people prepare for it because I've had a variety of candidates approach me over the last five to six months um, to allow it to be put in the hands of one or two people versus members of the neighborhood, members of the district. Um, it's, it's not fair, and we're trying to strike the right balance. So what is the numbers this year? Is it 50% you know, less? 
percent less is is my recollection. Uh, you know, as you might know, Cynthia, but many people don't know, there's varying different levels depending on the population of your city, depending right. on um, depending on the position, the whole nine yards. So um, originally it was very going to be very very low. I think it was like only twenty five percent of, but we kept it at fifty percent because we wanted it to be meaningful. You know what 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 we have to be mindful too is, you know you don't want it to be so low that you have 10 people running an award because at the end of the day, the idea behind the petitioning process is to get out and meet the people and tell them why you're running. Now you can do it safely. You can do it from a doorstep. You know, you and I have been around long enough to know campaigning is not just knocking on a few doors in an apartment complex and calling it a day. It's Mm -hmm. about being out with the people and, being out in the streets and and getting your message out there. And I think it's going to be a, an interesting campaign season because social media has, has blossomed as a way to share your message. But nothing is more meaningful than people talking eyeball to eyeball, face to face. Just do it safely. When you say safely, what's your definition of safely? Well, you know, the bottom line is, you know, you can, because I've done this before with petitioners. Of course, this time of year, you're going to be wearing gloves. You're going to be wearing a mask. Obviously, double mask is a good idea in this situation, but an N95 is the best. You're going to be doing it from a distance. Um, you know, need to have a, a, a fair amount of clean pens. But, you know, the reality is if, if somebody answers the door, doesn't have gloves on, then you need to have alcohol wipes to clean them off make them safe. You know, there's no virtual petitioning process that's legitimate at this stage of the game that I'm aware of, because that would have been probably the other alternative to discuss, but that, that once again puts a very difficult process on those individuals who've not been involved in the political process, and we don't want to be, you know, discouraging people from running for office. Okay, well, let, me, let me present this, this argument to you. Hopefully, people will have enough pens. I agree with that. But somebody who might be infected with COVID might touch the petition itself. And then the next person who signs the petition, they're at risk. So you cannot sanitize paper, right? You cannot sanitize paper. Um, Petitioning process should be done outdoors where there's greater air exchange, which lessens the likelihood. You know, the virus doesn't survive in, in, in humidity between 40 to 60% relative humidity, which is what is outdoors, unless you're in the middle of a rainstorm, and then you've got a bigger issue going on with your petition. Um, so we, mm-hmm. we, we, we and, and so I'm glad you bring that up, Cynthia, because I think to go on to COVID for a little bit, there's been uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of new information we've learned and information we didn't know about. But the reality is the virus itself is not able to survive in relative humidity of 40 to 60%. And this time of year, when you're outdoors, and I would not suggest that people go into someone's residence to get a petition, but you you knock on the doorstep and ask them to come out and sign a petition. Um, I think that's what's helpful. And, you know, I'm assuming that a majority of people who are considering running through office have some connection to their neighborhood. So 
So there's nothing inappropriate about, you know, me texting Cynthia saying, hey, Cynthia, I need your signature. I'd like to run for office. Put your gloves on Mm -hmm. and come join me. You know, I mean, we do have to be a little more creative, and that's why the numbers, we're recognizing that the numbers are going to be less, and we want to minimize that contact. Okay. What would you say, because I was talking to a friend about it, about eliminating this might be realistic, but eliminating this year the petition petitioning process altogether. What do you think of that? So I don't, you know, when you're looking at four-year terms, I don't know if that is a good idea. Um, one of the items we discussed, but it's very rarely done, was actually, you know, even holding over offices for one year. But once again, that's not really the will of the public. We did decide for the county committees in, in the city, because their committee raises around this year, that's going to be a one-year holdover, and everyone will run for a one-year term. But that's on a local committee um, race, which, as you know, Cynthia, sometimes requires seven to nine signatures. It's not a, a large amount. Right. Um, right. So, you know, I... I, I I think that you know we still have, we need to have some kind of a process. It needs to be safe and it needs to be short. Hmm. You know this whole this whole thing with the petition, it it really bothers me because there's got I really think, and I don't like to give my opinions on my show, but I really think that there there should be an alternative face-to-face or, you know, uh, petitioning, the petitioning process. I think it's, you know, during during the holiday season when Governor Cuomo was saying, you know, don't have Thanksgiving with uh, large crowds with your family. You'll see them next year and Christmas and New Year's. And here, here it's okay to go out Well, but there's a difference. Once again, there's a difference. You're absolutely right talking about being in a closed environment where the heat's turned on, humidity's high, and the virus has the opportunity to survive and thrive. We're talking about people going outdoors, walking in the community, knocking on the doors, asking somebody to sign their petition, come outdoors and sign a petition where the virus doesn't thrive. And it's not easily transmissible. And by the way, whenever there's air exchanges, otherwise known as a breeze, that too will help make for a safer environment. So I, I don't disagree with your logic, but I think we need to think about, it's not as if you're going to be hanging out in a living room for an hour getting a signature. If you remember, you go back to the basic principles of CDC, it's 15 minutes of exposure in a closed environment without a mask is when you're at greatest risk for catching COVID-19. This is completely opposite. The petitioning process, as you know, the conversation could go on for as long as you desire, but the actual signature is less than a minute because you just need the signature. You have the ability legally to write down their address for them. 
Okay. Um. And I, I will say this. There was another option we considered and debated, but thought against was to move the primary from June to September. But from my perspective, we've confused the public enough on many other things, and the primary dates right. have bounced around a couple different times. Why would we want to cause more confusion? Okay, let me, ask you, let me ask you this question, and I think it's important. Uh, this is not a year that you will be running. You'll be running next year. Let's say mm-hmm. this was the year that you were running. Would you feel comfortable with the legislation that just passed? Yes, I you would. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, me personally, absolutely. You also got to remember something. I'm a public official who is out in the public on a regular basis. I've learned how to practice safely all the protocols. I've been running a business with 35 employees and hundreds of customers every day throughout this whole pandemic. I've learned responsibly how to live through this pandemic. And guess what? I never tested positive for COVID. So I'm perfectly comfortable with this. And quite frankly, I... (laughs) Any elected official who's been around the horn knows full well when you do the petitioning process, the majority, 90% of your petitions you get within the first week. So from my perspective, this would be a no-brainer for me. And if petitioning process was done that way all the time, it would not be something that I would be against. On the other hand, I'm a firm believer that if people want to have the opportunity to run for office, they should be given the opportunity. I've I've been speaking to a, a, a few candidates who have tossed their hat in the ring, and they are confused and anguished over how they're going to get the required signatures. Well, so I don't know who they are, and I don't know what office they're running for, and I don't know what the requirements are. But I will say this. Obviously, if they're new to it, this is an overall, it's an, it's, it's, everything's a little bit stressful because petitionings are obviously the most critical part of running for office, and it's what qualifies you. Um, therefore, right. the whole process is daunting. Right. It's daunting with or without COVID. However, if they right. had no experience right. and have not run for office, there's a very good chance they would never have an opportunity because if we went with the other option, which is letting the party leadership choose the candidate, they wouldn't. They would probably not be selected. So I think it's one of those situations where we are in interesting times. We've got to try to find ways to do something that's fair to everybody. And at the end of the day, this is fair. Okay, so let's let's uh, jump ahead a few weeks. And let's say all of the petitions have been submitted. Then now at the Board of Elections, the Board of Elections has to go through all of this stuff. Is it safe for the people who work yeah. at the Board of Elections to be handling oh. all this stuff? Well, Cynthia, that's like asking if, yes, of course it is safe. I mean, obviously, any business, any entity that deals with paper, anything submitted, has to have the proper protocols in place. I mean, it's no different than a closing coordinator for a bank loan. Um, They have to make sure that they've got everything in order. 
At some point, something was transmitted to them, a lot through the mail. The virus does not live on inanimate, pro- inanimate objects for, you know, I, I think it's more than a few hours, let alone a few days. So okay. obviously, if, if so, if you know, if 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 they receive the documents, let them sit for a couple of days, and you know, obviously they need to wear a mask, and they need to wear gloves, um, and they can, if they're that concerned, add a face shield to it. But the reality is, it's not the virus isn't going to jump off the sheet, and unless they put the sheet very close to them, it really should. It, I I don't think it's I don't think it's a risk. I really don't. Okay. So, um, I'm sorry for for, uh, for the petitioning. Uh, so, uh, when when it's brought to the Board of Elections, then it's okay. You feel. But, okay, let's say this. Let's say this. When a person is walking to see their neighbors or see their friends and ask them to sign the petition, should they have a bunch of pens on them or uh, oh, is I, there I, a I way to... Yeah, I would, I would think it would be very wise to, you know, invest in a box of 10 big pens and have some hand sanitizer with you and to clean those pens after each use. You know, I mean, and I'm not trying to minimize this, Cynthia, because I, I fully respect your concern. But, you know, I run a business. I go through hundreds of pens every day. People have to sign things all the time. And we have a clean cup and a dirty cup. And we clean the ones that are dirty and put them back in the clean cup. It's 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 a It's different. It's something that you until you've seen it and until you've operated it, you you know you you have to think it through. But and that's why it's good that we're having this conversation because you're asking what really are just practical matters that are mm-hmm. important practical matters. And I I appreciate the fact that you're taking the time to run through this because if anything, I think it may lessen the concerns of some who have trepidation. Yeah, that's my intent. No, no, that's, that's why we talk. <laughs> right. That's why right, we talk. Right. That's why we talk. Yep. So, you know, if there's a couple of candidates or a few candidates running in the same district for the same uh for the same seat and a, a person cannot sign more than one petition. A lot of people, would you think, are not going to open their door to sign a petition? What do you think about that? Well, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, and once again, you and I have been at this for a bit of time, at least 20 years, if not longer. That's been a continuing struggle before COVID. Um, People in this day and age are guarding their privacy more now than ever before. People who are familiar mm-hmm. with the political process, people who are familiar with the political process, don't hesitate. People who have been kind of nauseated by the political process say, yeah, I'm not going to bother. And that's that's fine. That's their decision, right? That's what America is so great about. Um, 
once again, that's why the numbers have been lowered to reflect the fact that there may be people not interested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to people who are listening to this who might be concerned about signing a petition? What's your view? What would you tell them? And I, I, I would, I would uh, like everybody else, we still live in a day and age where there's certain practices you need to have, and one, of course, is to wear a mask. Number two is to wear gloves. And I would just make sure you practice those safe distancing measures. And I would encourage you that if you are strongly behind supporting somebody, to grab that pen, sign it, and then clean your hands. And then it would be up to the candidate to clean the pen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. So what is the uh, the numbers now? It's half of what yeah. it was. Yeah, I don't have and them in front of me, to be honest with you. Okay. So the petitioning process is also going to be less. Um, what are the dates? Do you have any idea? I don't have them in front of me. I'm sorry. I should have been more prepared. I, the day March 3rd sticks in the back of my mind, but I may be wrong. To start, right? Yes. Okay. So then, you know, March is a little bit warmer than February and maybe a lot warmer than January. So you feel comfortable that a lot of people will be out and about getting signatures? I don't. Okay, okay. So last year, last year when you when you ran for for your your seat, did you have trouble getting signatures? No, not at all. I've been very blessed to have a large amount of support. Okay, so uh, I think this is an important question. You know, there's a lot of candidates that have been endorsed by the party or will be endorsed by the party, and some of the candidates will not. The candidates who are not endorsed by the party, do you think that there's going to be more difficult difficulty for them to get the signatures, and do you think there's a health risk involved? I don't think that's any different than any years prior. The endorsed candidate usually enjoys that endorsement and that claim to fame. They've always enjoyed that. Now, whether it's meaningful or not depends on the candidate. It also depends on the party at the time and the party leadership. You know, and, and you know, in, in in cities like Albany, you know, most people don't realize each district, each election district, has its own ward leader. Or committee leader. Right. So there's right. a little bit of, you know, there's a lot of nuances, as you know, Cynthia. So, you know, I, I don't think anything is an advantage or a disadvantage. I think it's the same as it's always been. Okay. So you have no, um, you have no fears about people going out and get signatures if, if they're uh, protected properly, is what you're saying, right? Right. I am. I'm also. I'll be very clear. I prefer that we 
we, we were able to do things the way we used to do it, but the reality is it's COVID-19. We need to adapt and we need to do it safely. And I think if people follow the safety protocols and practice, practice the physical distancing, wearing a mask, wearing gloves, cleaning your, cleaning your utensils, your, your, your pens, I think that we're, I think people are going to be safe. I really do. Mm. So the New York State Legislature, everything is done remotely, correct? Well, the options are remotely. I I actually go to the chamber. I go and vote in the chamber. I, I I don't do it remotely every day. Matter of fact, I'm supposed to be there right now, and I'm as soon as we're done, I'm going. But there are very few um, assembly members that's in the chamber with you, correct? Right, right. Well, you know, the, the the problem with the the majority of members who don't come are from out of town, and the reason they're out of town is because it's the whole hotel situation. They have to go out and get food in the capital region, the whole nine yards, and you know. They have the option of doing virtually, or they can be be here and present. There are members that come up. I, trust me, there's probably 25% of the members are coming from out of town, but there's a lot of individuals, particularly those over the age of 60, that have some health conditions, and they want to put they they chose not to put themselves at risk. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I think this is going to be a concern for candidates as, as well as people starting the petition. So I'm going to keep on this story. I think it's a no, very no, no. important. Yeah. Yeah. No, you've been pretty consistent about your message, and, and I don't disregard it by any stretch of the imagination. I think like anything huh? else, um, sometimes you got to do what you, it's got to do, put your best foot forward and, and, and hope for the best, and I think we, it will work out okay. Okay. So... Um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do so? Well, you know how that happens, right? So you can either contact my office at 518-455-4474, or you can email me at mcdonaldj at nyassembly.gov. I check my emails personally, so you don't need to worry about staff reviewing it and looking at it. I look at them individually, and that's why sometimes it might take me a couple hours or half a day to get back to you. But as you know, Cynthia, painfully, I'll always respond. You may not like what you have to hear, but we'll have that conversation, right? Right. right. You know, I'd like to do another show, show with you about um, what legislation you're passing in the age of COVID. Has it been productive so far? We're getting there. We're getting there. Right now we're in the budget. So the next month is going to be budget, budget, budget. So that's our focus. And then uh, we, we've got other COVID-related items we're dealing with and also the regular run-of-the-mill legislation. I'm primarily okay. focused once again on complaint. Okay, terrific. I'm sure we will be having more can, uh, conversations in the future. You've been listening to Assemblyman John McDonald. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thanks, John, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Thanks, Cynthia. Have a good day, John.